Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. My name is Dan Hughes. Uh, my guest today is Senior Portfolio Manager, Chad Farkaston. Welcome, Chad. Hey, Dan. Thank you for having me. So, Chad, let's, let's dive right into this. We are, are coming off a really painful fourth quarter of 2018, um, so much so that we saw the Russell Midcap Value uh, Index down close to 15%. Um, and you know, here we are, we're recording uh, the beginning of February, and there's a huge bounce back in January, 10-plus uh, percent bounce back, in fact, in, in, the, in the Russell Mid Value. Uh, you know, in, in your opinion, you know, why do we see this huge swing back? Was, was it really a, a, a function of you know, a truly oversold market? Um, you know, potentially was it you know, something along the lines of you know, the, the Fed and, and Powell standing pat? Or you know, is this just you know, our psychology, right, where, where uh, there's just a clean slate with we roll the calendar over and you know, here we go, we're going to start new? Look, I think, you, I think you hit on a number of key points. As we were in the fourth quarter, more and more uh, market participants began to worry that a recession was very much in the cards, and uh, people began to really price in recession in 2019. And so, uh, so you saw the market decline on, uh, on just general recession fears. Uh, the Fed didn't help. I don't think anything that Powell said uh, in really anywhere in the fourth quarter helped out at all. Uh, I think there was really no, no help there. Uh, and frankly, what, uh, what you saw were investors then deciding that they needed to get um, a, little more, uh, a little more liquid. And so the Fed was draining liquidity from the market. So investors thought, well, gosh, I better get myself a little more liquid to be able to take advantage of something that might happen. And then uh, you, you nailed it. Psychology said, as we got here, we, we turned the, the calendar. Uh, people started looking out and saying, you know, I don't think the Fed's going to do anything crazy. Uh, the economy is actually okay. I've got a brand new year to start over with. Uh, my, my, you know, if I'm in a hedge fund, my P&L is a zero. I've got to make some gains this year. People started putting money to work. And, uh, and as investors start putting money to work, there you go, right? We got a nice little bounce back in the market. So, so you, you make some points. So, uh, if I'm hearing you right, then you know, perhaps you know you get this this period of you know people are going to get liquid. You see this big sell-off, um, and all of a sudden you you get to a price or, or a point in the market where um, you know fundamentals have to start looking better, um, specifically around valuation. Would you would you say that was the case? Well, so the I can say this: the fundamentals of the businesses uh, really haven't changed. Right. As a matter of fact, everyone's gotten very comfortable that those fundamentals are are good through 2019. They're not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to have a 4% GDP uh, year. There's no way that's going to happen. But we're also probably not going to go into recession. There are little indicators here and there that maybe recession hits sometime in the next 24 months. But a general recession in the next 12 months is actually at this point still by the markets uh, forecast to be unlikely. So the fundamentals are good. Right. And the valuations, you nailed it, right? Some of these stocks got clobbered and valuations were down meaningfully. And so people looked at that and said, boy, that's just too cheap. And, yeah. and so that's given us a nice little rebound. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, good. So and, and the other thing that we've seen, right, is you know, volatility, right? And, and volatility um, you know, over the recent months has remained elevated. Uh, we've seen more frequent spikes, right? Uh, you know, and, and, and I guess there's there's two questions here. You know, how, how do you start to position this into value opportunity? And are we thinking about this the right way? Is this actually increased volatility or is this us more reverting back to um, historical norm? You said it just right, right? The, the volatility is indeed increased. It's increased off of an artificially suppressed level. If you look across the broad sweep of time, you look across you know, 40, 50 years in the market, if you look back to you know, 1926 in the market where a lot of the data goes, we have had much more volatile times in the market than we have right now. Uh, but if you take the broad sweep and then you compare that to uh, the time since the Great Recession, 
Uh, what you'd see is that from the Great Recession into 2017, volatility was suppressed. The Fed was suppressing volatility. Uh, basically, the Fed was out there uh, in, in the sort of buy-the-dip mentality. Everyone thought, the Fed has my back. I know I can buy the dip. And so everyone got to a mentality of buy the dip, which meant that volatility was heavily suppressed. Eventually, it became clear, hey, look, the Fed really is going to begin to drain liquidity. They did begin to drain liquidity. As liquidity came out of the system, we got back to some level of volatility. It feels high. It feels high because it's higher than it has been now for, say, a decade. However, on a, on a longer run, how does the market really work? This is normal volatility, and we should expect this going forward. Right, which is why that short vol trade has, had worked so well until you got into the fourth quarter. That's exactly right. Right. And, and so I think you know, you're, the point really there is you know, the last 10 years, or let's just call it 10 years for, for rounding purposes, is, is really a very poor indicator of expected volume in, in, in here and to be present and in the future. Uh, I think that's exactly right. So with, with that in mind and that in, with, with the context of, of your, your comments, you know, how much of that macro overlay uh, do you incorporate with the fundamental work as you, as you start to position value opportunity? You know, we always use it. We always have the macro. Uh, as you well know, uh, we are fundamentally uh, driven shop. We're a bottom-up shop. We look stock by stock, company by company. We understand their fundamentals. Uh, we understand where their valuation is today. Uh, and we look to buy single companies that we know are going to grow. Um, earnings over time, we know their valuations are pressed, and it will expand over time. And so we'll get our, our 50%. That's 5-0% return over three years. So, so that's always true. However, to your point, we do look at that macro environment. And so the macro environment we see here today with this back to normal levels of volatility, um, as, as we look at that, we do find that there are, um, there are places in the market that have a lower volatility. Uh, REITs, real estate investment trusts, and utilities are both uh, uh, types of defensive sectors, if you will, that have lower volatility. And there are times when it's very helpful to have those in the portfolio. There are times when having, um, for example, utilities in your portfolio can be really, really useful. Uh, that's something that we uh, made a move back into about nine months ago. Uh, we looked at utilities at that time. Uh, they were um, a little bit unnaturally depressed in terms of their valuations. And so we said, you know what, we can actually buy utilities uh, with a real clear eye to actually getting a 50% return across three years' time. We did that, like I say, nine, ten months ago. Uh, and so far, we've been very happy with that change. So, so the macro kind of drove us to, to go do that, and, and we've done that with several names, and we've been very happy with those. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's a great point, right? It's, it's, uh, you, know, you, have to, you have to sometimes give it the, the markets given to you and, and take a look at that and, and incorporate it each. So um, with that, you know, I think that's a, it's a really nice segue to, you know, as, as you talked about, you know, what the market had given you, you know, nine months ago with the opportunity to buy utilities for the first time in, in you know, many years. Um, any other sectors or areas of the market that had opened up that, that really somewhat previously seemed unattainable on a valuation basis that now you can start saying, okay, yeah, yeah we've, we've pulled back. It's, um, it's something that we can, we can start uh, really doing some, some work on. So there are, um, th there are two. One is, is utilities uh, that we've you know, kind of looked at. The other is we've begun to find there are some names which are uh, for businesses which are, um, which are really quite good businesses. And for various and sundry reasons, uh, the volatility, uh, the, the pulling out of liquidity uh, here in the last uh, several months, plus some uh, industry-specific reasons, we've been able to go after certain names. So here's a good example. If you look at the, um, the space of uh, video game publishers, that space uh, has been clobbered on, uh, this is really on a, a belief that maybe the space is not as valuable as people thought before, for one reason, Fortnite. 
Mm-hmm. People looked at the game Fortnite and said, holy cow, that one game has come in. People are playing that. Maybe all these other video game publishers are really not nearly as valuable as we thought. Yeah. We think one game doesn't really change an entire industry. Sure, right, right. right. And so... As, uh, as epic of a, uh, or monumental of a game as that, that has become, that, right? That, that's exactly right. And so that's given us a real chance to go buy, at least look in that space and, and maybe make some purchases in that space. All right, well, then, then if uh, I'll hit on this space then... Um, Energy, right? Energy just got crushed in the fourth quarter. And, you know, if I specifically look at mid-cap energy, um, those names uh, in the index, uh, that sector specifically, was down 35% in the fourth quarter. Um, so two, two questions here for you. One, uh, is this a function of, of a supply or demand issue? Uh, and then two, uh, is it time to take a look at, at something like energy when it's down 35%, right? And, and maybe a cyclical bottom um, and or... or has we already seen that that January bounce uh, erode that opportunity? Right. So, uh, so first of all, uh, this happened. Right. This this tremendous drop in in Q4 happened uh, due to oversupply. So, uh, so the market, um, basically, the Saudis decided to produce a little bit of extra oil uh, coming into Q4, and they did so because. The president had been quite clear uh, that we were going to put sanctions on Iran, and Iran was not going to be able to sell their oil into the world market. So the Saudis said, well, look, in order to not have a big old problem in the oil markets, we'll make some extra. Well, that turned out to be a bit of an issue because, uh, for whatever reason, the president decided that he would uh, give a bunch of waivers. And the Iranian sanctions really didn't take effect. And so really, the Iranians had very little change in what they were able to sell into the world market, uh, both some they sold ahead of time, Others just got waivers, and so therefore we were oversupplied. Right, we there was got, simply market just got flooded, flooded with oil. Right. Uh, when that happens, the price comes down. Yeah. The price of oil reacts pretty quickly to supply and demand, right? So it comes down uh, pretty meaningfully. And when the price of oil comes down that meaningfully, uh, the price of the oil uh, stocks comes down as well. And that's your down thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Now, the, of course, the you could say, well, gosh, let's go buy some, you know, let's go buy some oil and gas stocks. Right. Uh, Sure. And, and people did. And so, you know, what we've seen now um, is that uh, the price of oil is now back up 20 percent. Um, all these names have not recovered in exactly the same way, but many of them have recovered much of what they lost in Q4. And arguably, we're now back to, uh, you know, reasonably fair place. Uh, there was a very fleeting uh, opportunity there probably to add a little bit of, uh, uh, of oil and gas exposure. Um, frankly, uh, we thought we were already uh, in a good place with our oil and gas exposure. So within our uh, value opportunity portfolio, we didn't think we needed to add more. Um, and, and frankly, at this point, we don't look at the world and say, gosh, you should really just go, you know, double down on oil and gas companies. They're reasonably valued at this place. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that sounds about right. So uh, as you're thinking about the overall construct of, of value opportunity at this point, um, and really thinking about what lies ahead for, you know, we still have the bulk of, of 2019 uh, in front of us. Is there anything as out there that really encourages you or excites you about the, the current positioning? Well, as you know, uh, we are still fundamentally, first and foremost, stock pickers, right? So uh, we think this is a stock pickers environment. So we look at the fundamentals of companies. Uh, we do bottom-up work, determine what a company's worth, and then say, what's the stock price? How different is it from what it's actually worth? And when those disconnect enough, uh, we want to buy that company. Um, when they disconnect the other way and the stock's overvalued relative to uh, its true value and we own it, uh, we want to sell it. And so in this environment, we think more than ever, right, more than we have been for probably the last five years, this is a stock picker's environment. So we're excited about that. In particular, right, right now, we are focused on the idea of putting a few more names into our portfolio, which are um, 
not planning for a recession in the next six months, but sometime in the next 24 months, uh, and, and these names will be a little more recession resistant. Um, a good example of that, we think, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, were you know, video game publishers. It turns out, uh, so far the data would show, um, that in general, video games are still being pub- uh, purchased, uh, in-game purchases are still being made at a quite solid rate, even in the middle of a recession. And so, uh, so we think that is a, a reasonably recession-resilient uh, place to play. Um, we're looking for other more recession-resilient uh, names, and, and we're adding a little bit of that into the portfolio these days. Not a major shift, but that's a minor shift, and we see some opportunity there today. So, so as your portfolio takes on a bit of a defensive posture, um, anticipating or potentially uh, insulating itself from a possible uh, recession that is out there. You know, what is what is your level of confidence confidence in the ability to achieve the target return objective that you've discussed? Look, we still find fantastic value out there, right? We still look over, uh, we, we turn over rocks, if you will, and we find uh, incredible stock values. We have been for years now saying we have to look harder, right? We have to look in sort of odder uh, corners of the marketplace to find these things, uh, but we still find them. And so I guess that's a, a long way to say uh, we still think we can hit our, our um, 15% return targets, our annual 15% return targets. Uh, we have to continue looking under every rock to find the, the stock names to do that. Uh, but we still think we can continue to do that today, um, even in this environment where it is. So just one last question before I let you hop. Um, if you know, we're today we hold you know, somewhere in the low number 60 of names in the portfolio, do you think that's the, the right number of names in this environment? You, you've talked about you know, moving the portfolio around a little bit, um, more so in, in the recent past, and then some repositioning, um, and then the ability to continue to hit that target return objective. Are you still anticipate us to hold you know, that, that 60, 65 type names? Is that, that uh, the right number here or, uh, where we sit? It is. It is. We, we think we'll continue to hold, you know, somewhere between uh, high 50s to 70 names, right? And it'll vary, but call it 60 to 65 right down the, sure. the fairway. We think that's still a good number to hold. We want to be concentrated enough that when we find a good company, we want to be able to put a lot of our portfolio into that company. And when that company succeeds, we want our investors to succeed right alongside that company. Yeah, perfect. Good. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Chad. We certainly appreciate having you on here with us and uh, look forward to having you back here in short order. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Dan.